Welcome to the Drunk Guys Book Club, where books aren't just for school, where book clubs aren't just for women, and beer is tasty AF. I'm Mike. I'm Nate. I'm Jimmy. And we're the Drunk Guys, and this week we are reading Clara and the Sun by Kazuo Ishiguro, and starting with a beer, of course. Ooh, ooh, that was a good one. Uh, This book is a futuristic dystopian kind of thing though you don't realize that until way late in the book or ever almost (laughs) you have to really put it together (laughs) uh it's a self-assembly book but it takes place in the future but you know people are still the same and they have the same issues so it's kind of like they have space age times but stone age minds which is the name of this beer it's an east coast ipa from uber geek coming in at a a mere 8.2 percent alcohol it's nice kind of fruity flavors in there I don't know. I dig it. Uber Geek is in uh, Riverhead, New York. Very nice place to go. They have they had a really really large Connect Four set that I played there and beat the shit out of everyone in my family. Like I was a genius third grader. Did <laughs> they let you go first? It was like I had been lifted uh, and able <laughs> to. I was just so much smarter. Uh, so this is a great double IPA. Um, so I'm, one, I'm looking forward to going out, back out there one day. So Clara and the Sun is Kazuo, Kazuo Ishiguro's eighth novel. Um, it just came out in 2021. It was long-listed for the Booker Prize. Pretty much everything this guy has ever written has been long-listed, short-listed, or won on one occasion, the Booker Prize. He also is a Nobel Prize for Literature Laureate. He's got some fucking street cred. What one vice president would call a big fucking deal. Um, so... <laughs> Is this book that good, though? Spoiler. No. Fucking no. Holy fucking shit. You know, I've actually read that almost no Nobel Prize winners for literature produce their best work after they win the Nobel Prize. Because you have to be alive. They don't give posthumous Nobel Prizes, I don't think. So many of them still make shit. They're like, "I I didn't plan on stopping. And then they get the Nobel Prize, and it's almost always... Their most famous stuff is already done. Uh, there are very few exceptions, like Yeats apparently wrote some of his best stuff after. Uh, this guy's not bucking that trend. Nope. But I also really don't know why he won the Nobel Prize at all, for, quite frankly, having read half of his books. Maybe maybe I only read the bad half, you know, the famous half. Uh, and I have yeah. only read two, so I don't know. I have read four, yep. actually. Um, but we'll talk about that at the end, I guess. Uh, so the book uh, takes place... In the future, it's not even clear. It wasn't clear to me what country they're in. I think they're uh, in America, but it's written by a British man who has never been to America. I think. <laughs> well, he's just picturing like the Midwest, basically. Like everything. Yeah, just and farmland. they all talk. They have like weird British mannerisms and speech patterns. But they're like, but there's like one kid is like, "Oh, you sound a little English." Like, wow, that's weird. But everyone acts fucking like a red coat, even though they're supposedly in America. Or somewhere that's not Britain. Because they mention Europe as like a concept that is from far away. In the very beginning, I was picturing, I don't know why, but I was picturing somehow like the 1950s New York. Except yeah. they have robots. It's almost like the Jetsons yeah. kind of thing. That was like the, that was the, what I was picturing in the beginning, even though I knew there was, that's just what I had made up in my mind. There's nothing pointing to that. And then I was also thinking of the very first... Short story in iRobot, where it's about the, the the robot that protects the kid, protects the little kid by, like, falling in front of the electric zapper guy. 
something like that. That was also like, oh, is that what that's based on? No, it's not. But <laughs> that is what it reminded me of at the beginning. I could see that. I mean, I didn't really get that strong of a vibe. I, I just assumed this was the British countryside the whole time. That's because it, Kazuo Ishiguro wrote it. Despite his incredibly Japanese, I mean, he, I think he was born in Japan. He moved there when he, he moved to England when he was like five, I think. Yeah, as a child. So, but he's you know a British subject, and that's where I all like his that other stuff subjects just to remind them that they're not free. <laughs> <laughs> and only the queen can eat those swans. <laughs> so, uh, and she does. I, oh yeah, in front of the poor. It's. Uh, <laughs> I bet no you hot wish pockets you for you. One. I'm going to have this shitty swan. It tastes like old cunt. It's so fishy. <laughs> but you'll never know. <laughs> so anyway, the book takes place the first section of it. <laughs> so, <laughs> first, Snarky bitch. <laughs> the first the first section starts and it's all from the perspective of Clara who we realize right away is a robot, android thing, whatever. Uh, I, I was getting vibes. Remember uh, Bicentennial Man with yeah. Robin Williams? I was getting vibes of that in this. But also with none of the fun or humor. No, no. But also with none of the hanging yourself in a closet when uh, you... You don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it starts off in the store where all the, you know, the, the robots are there just kind of hanging out trying to get sold and this is a fucking long time to introduce things. It really could have been abbreviated. <laughs> it, I mean, it does kind of have the vibe of a robot talking, I guess. And, it's, and the thing is, like, in this world, there are AFs, which are artificial friends. I don't think it actually uses that word even once. They're they just do. AFs they do the one entire time. time. One or two times they say artificial friend. I remember because I read it, it was like, I fucking knew it. <laughs> I mean, I knew I, I was I was either artificial or automated. Those are the only two words that made sense. It had to or be friend. as fuck, and that's every single time in the book when I said, "Oh, and my I be AF, his friend," and I'm as like, "That's fuck. not used correctly." <laughs> <laughs> Doing it wrong. Want to go to his house fuck. as fuck? Like, that's not no. It's like they're all they're all like from Europe, but the book takes place in England. Like, yes, I am loving this. Let me have one liter of vodka. Uh, so it's like uh, the the cousin from Clerks makes some fuck guy. <laughs> oh, that's from uh, Barzakar. Yeah. yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to make some fuck? Uh, yeah, kind of. <laughs> A movie Nate has not seen. I have not. No. Oh my god, it's, it's fine. F- it's fucking thirty years old. Okay. <laughs> so, so the full first section, they're in the store, and Clara. Is the robot thing, and each one we learn in this section is unique. They're not—I mean, they're—they're they're part of a series, like a model, but they have different personalities and different things about them. And Clara's specialty, or whatever, is that she is very, uh, I guess, inquisitive and curious, observant, and so she kind of just stores all this data. And, and she's always the other older. girl robot is dumb. <laughs> she had Rosa. huge robot tits. They're uh, like, <laughs> they're, they're watching, they're in the front window and watching outside and there's a fight between two different, tax, two taxi drivers, I think, get out and just fight each other and afterward, and Clara, Clara is like, did you see that fight? And Rosa was like, what fight? Oh, they weren't fighting. 
They were just hugging or something like well, she, that. She's like a school teacher in the 1950s. They're fine. <laughs> I don't need to intervene. <laughs> They're just, that's just how they communicate. But Clara is not much smarter in terms of observing human beings because she sees a bum and his dog sleeping on the street that they call... And the, thinks they're dead. It's like the beggar man. <laughs> yeah. It's like the, and because the robots are solar powered... Uh, Wait, did you say every- solar powered? I did. <laughs> I have a beer for that. <laughs> what were the odds? Yeah, <laughs> it's in the title of the book. Okay, so this is a little sip by Lawson's finest liquids, and what they really mean is little sip of sunshine, because this brewery's other most famous beer is little sip of sun is sip of sunshine. And this is the session, I guess. This, so this is just called uh, little sip, and this is ale, one pint. Oh, IPA, to say IPA. And it is 6.2 ABVs. Since Sip of Sunshine's like eight, this isn't that much smaller. No, but it's a little bit smaller. It's just a little. Um, yeah, and it's a, it's a nice IPA. Also, Lil Sip is uh, Nate's rap name. <laughs> uh, side note. Check it out on SoundCloud. You won't find anything there, but <laughs> <laughs> you can check it out if you Go want. To find, if there is a rapper named Lil Sip, Email us at drunkguysbookclub.com. <laughs> How was the beer? It's nice. I literally, um, I put in Lil Sip. Oh, and it's literally first result is L- Lil Sip, Lost in Spinous Liquids. Dude, so, we could, we, this could be, we branch oh wait, out. Holy shit, SoundCloud. Wait, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's stuff here. Brandon McGovern, Granger, United States. There's literally somebody. What the fuck is Granger? It doesn't say what state it is. I don't know. But there are there are a whole bunch of tracks here. And 117 followers this person has. Well, you know oh, what? More than us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's not true. We're way uh, more popular. We're not on SoundCloud. More than us on SoundCloud. That is true. That's about the only thing we, we aren't on. <laughs> Projects for next week, then. Oh, with the the beggar man. I just want to figure that. So she sees the dead beggar guy, and she's like, "He's dead because he's sleeping, because he's supposed to be a smart robot, but they're not." And then she sees the next day, like the you know the sun rises because that's what happens in the morning, and the beggar wakes up, and she's like, "Oh, he's also solar powered," and solar powered bum is also a great name for a band. You have a beer it's a no, for that? It's a No Effects <laughs> album. And here's, here's I have a beer for that solar made with real bum. Uh, so then she sees someone. She gets she and Rosa get moved to the window, so they can like strut their stuff to see people. So people will come in and buy them. And I got to say, the most unrealistic part of this book, besides the robots, is that no one who isn't a child didn't come in to buy these robots to fuck them. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. I, I was thinking it's absurd that, the whole time. that didn't happen. Uh, maybe it's just because it's from Claire's perspective, so we it probably happens all the time. I, I was thinking. Uh, Maybe they, you know, built the robots without vaginas and buttholes. You're paying that much, you're going to get a vagina or a butthole. But that, <laughs> like, that was an expensive feature. That's an up. That's like a different store. <laughs> that's for the sexy AF. Uh. <laughs> so they're in the window and they see a little kid, and this kid is like that robot. That's the one I want. Ooh, who, who? The one. <laughs> She's a. Uh, <laughs> Quick, mom, pull around grease lightning. <laughs> Kick up that rope. <laughs> but the little girl says, I can't get you right now. 
we'll be back later. She's just speaking through the window, and Claire's just like, cool beans, I'll be waiting. And so there's approximately 3,000 pages uh, in between Clara so waiting. One, it's one not actually Gilgamesh very later. much. <laughs> it's not actually very much, but the book is kind of slow. It feels so like it, it passes in real time. <laughs> it does feel like <laughs> it takes a while. Calling this book a little slow would be like saying Forrest Gump was the smartest, the greatest mind of his generation. <laughs> like, holy shit, is this slow? It's at points it was moving backwards. I, I was on a train. And I was like, I don't know what we could. We're going in a, a, a wormhole because <laughs> I I have been reading and I think the percentage went down. On this. <laughs> Holy fuck! What? And it's just her talking about the robot department store <laughs> and 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 like endlessly like oh well sometimes I'm in the alcove. And then other times I'm standing over there by the coat rack or by the <laughs> magazines. Like, what is the point of this? <laughs> this is ridiculous. Well, the point of this is to show that she's waiting for this girl because other girls come in. They're like, I want that one. And Clara tanks the sale. She acts like a, she acts like a snooty bitch. And so the girl's like, I guess this is not the robot for me. I'll get a different robot. And the manager is like, Clara, you know, you got to sell yourself. You got to sell your body. That's your job. Um, <laughs> It's the oldest profession. Like, did some is like you know? Did someone promise that they're going to come back for you? Because kids say things they don't mean all the time. And Claire's like, I don't know what you're talking about, bitch. Shut the fuck up. And then the, girl, the woman manager says, Well, you know, she might not come back, so just keep that in mind. But she does come back. Josie comes back. Her name is Josie, and she and mom come in. And mom is a little hoity-toity, but Josie she's is she's a dick. She's kind of a dick, but you know, it's revealed why. It's because she's a dick. Um, so one of the so because <laughs> she needs one, Clara <laughs> Clara says or or that everyone says that Clara is much more observant than uh, all the other AFs, which still don't like that. Uh, <laughs> so she's more observant than all the other AFs, and so the mom says, "Okay, without looking, can you mimic my daughter's walk? How observant are you? Like, can you mimic her walk?" And so then Clara does. That was foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. Not that you knew it at the time, but then finally... But the daughter has a limp, and and she's like, oh, she's favoring her left hip. And the foreshadowing is because the daughter's got that pimp walk going. <laughs> and she's like, I'm going to need to turn you out on the street That's later. ho-shadowing. <laughs> yes. Well, ho-shadowing is when you're, like, training to be a... Like, when you're, That's like, true. just following one on the first day of the job. <laughs> <laughs> a few a few days. Well, you got to learn all the tricks to turn. You know, you, gotta, you can't learn them all in one day. C- Clara is asked to um, replicate Josie's movements to prove that she is uh, observant as she can be. And so now Clara is a robot, so she's got a computer for her brain, right? Yes. So, oh boy, when she copies those movements, <laughs> would you say she she's doing a, she... a command C and then pasting it? <laughs> Into a command V, and then sometimes if she did it wrong, she does a command Z. <laughs> well, I would have said that the uh, the guys that buy them for sexual purposes want to command the V, but I'll, I'll allow what Z, you got. So, but I, I admit that when I bought it, I said command Z. That's paste. And then when I got home, I was like, that's <laughs> not paste. Uh, but it was just one more step. One more step. I think, I think a command Z is the most important chimpanzee in the troop. That is, is yes. Is the command Z. It's the head. This is <laughs> command Z, 
by a new brewery called, or not new, but new to us. Maybe it is new. Beer Tree Brew. It is in Johnson City, New Jersey. That place fucks. That <laughs> lot of hoe shadowing over there. And this is a triple New England ice, uh, New uh, England style IPA. I don't know why style's in there. And it's 10% of alcohol. Because New Jersey's not in New England, I would presume. True. It, it, it checks out, to. right, Nate? You know a little thing or two about geography. That is correct. That's a, is, that a, is, that, is that a mid-Atlantic state? What the fuck is New Jersey count as? The, tri- the tri-state area? <laughs> like, it's a northeast What would you lump it in with? I gotta say, beer tree brew, or that's beer not tree. the most not the most creative name I've ever heard. But beer tree is it beer tree brewing? Beer tree brew company, or just called wow. beer tree brew? So I'm assuming beer tree brew company. It's yeah. like they just like shook out. They had like a whole like a word generator. Yeah, beer tree brew, and uh, it's pretty good. It does feel ten percent. Like that's nice. something that kicks you right away. Ooh. It's got that weird, not bad, but like interesting flavor that I get in a bunch of beers, but I can't place what it is. It must be like some specific kind of hop or some shit. Recycle me. When I grow up, I want to be a new beer tree brew. It's, I, I struggle to place what the flavor is, but it's something that I've encountered in a bunch of like beers. And it's always kind of like, like a moderate funk, but nothing like a sour. I don't know what it is, but it, I've tasted it in a bunch of beers. And I just I never could place it, but it's not bad. But it, yeah, ten percent, I can feel it. Just like I can feel the love from the people that support us over the internet. If you want to support the podcast, you could head over to Patreon.com/slash/DrunkGuysBookClub and support us there in exchange for exclusive content, early access to episodes, voting in our monthly book poll, and tangible goods, among other things, and even participate in our live episodes. If that's not your speed, you could also support us by just leaving us a review or just telling your friends to check out the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Just like Clara appreciates a good kid, like a priest. And <laughs> Josie appreciates a good robot. So they get together and they go home to Josie and Mom's and bumfuck wherever. Well, when Josie comes home, she's the pride of the neighborhood. She's the raw flame, the live wire. You guys don't it's know like this? It's like a Rolling Stones song or some shit. It's a, ste- it's a Steely Dan song. Oh, you don't know I don't Josie, know Steely but... Dan songs because I'm not fucking bored all the time. Uh, well, you read this book. and yeah, that was the only time. <laughs> uh, I like Steely Dan, so it's like a bag. Do you think there's cover bands called like Iron Daniel? Yeah, I think they're all named after just cocaine things because that's what every Steely Dan song is about. Oh, you know, like, songs are way too long for cocaine. Guy Charlemagne. Or whatever. They're just Kid Charlemagne. Uh, you don't know any Steely Dan. That can't make no, any No, I don't jokes. know any. And I know Nate I know, doesn't. I know Aja. No, I feel... Asia. <laughs> fucking hump. Is it? Dude. I guess I don't well, you know, know what it, If we made a Steely... Here. We will, if we made a Steely Dan cover band, it would be reeling in the beers. That would be... There you go. Sure, I believe you. It's a good song. Reeling in the years? That's like one of the best guitar solos I've just gone over ever. I don't know any Steely Dan songs. I, the one I did know, you said I did wrong, so. <laughs> because uh, you knew that one instead of Reeling in the Years? I don't know any. I just know that's a word. I don't even know. The, is it a song or an album? I just know that both. conglomeration both. of sounds. It's both. Well, fuck Steely Dan. But they're probably better than the rest of this book. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, some Steely Dan is just auditory Novocaine, but it is way better than... <laughs> 
than this. This book is kind of a Novocaine because I was pretty drowsy throughout. This is the Oxycontin of books. Like, I just went into dope nods on the street and woke up <laughs> sucking a guy's dick. <laughs> I thought it was fine. It I was thought it was slow, fine. but it was fine. It was aggressively fine. You know what? It was fine, like in the way when your wife is mad at you and she says things are fine. And she and you're like, everything's okay, right? And she's like, yeah, it's fine. And you go, oh, fuck, it's not at all. She's like, no, it's fine. And she won't tell you what's the problem. That's how this book was fine. Well, let's pound through the plot because there's not much of it despite how long it takes. And then we can just figure out why it was just fine. For, I'm sure we have different people reasons. liked it. But uh, everyone gets together at Josie's house. They're Josie mom and uh, they're... The pussycats. House, house, yeah, <laughs> and the pussy, rest of the pussycats. Um, Melody living, and... I forgot the other one's Melanie name. Melanie and... It was Melody, wasn't it? Mel- Melody, yeah. And uh, Tabby. Sure. <laughs> I don't know what the other one's name was. And, um, and the housekeeper, Melania, living yeah. out in the, <laughs> yeah. uh, in the countryside in the middle of fucking nowhere where Josie, you know, does her uh, remote learning... Convalescent studies. <laughs> yeah, because Josie's... But uh, she does Zoom school. So first of all, school. so Jody is very sick a lot of the book. And so. not in the cool way, like sick, man. <laughs> it's not ill. It's, it's more like terminally ill. She's not illin. She's just ill. Yeah. It's bad. And so she does Zoom school, except it's not called that. She just, she just looks at her oblong and was like, hey, we don't need to read about that. She's a kid. You know, <laughs> I'm sure it's it's within the range of normal size for one. That's <laughs> and at first you kind of wonder, like, is, shame. Is, is she just like a is she just doing this because she's sick and a rich kid, so she's doing Zoom I school? Think I got or... the, the sense I got was that everyone did this. No. Yeah, but it's hard to get a sense of it because it's much not like explained well. Never let me go. Never let you go. One's a third eye blind song. Never let and me one go. is a Kazuishigiro book. And I Never let me it. go is the first book. Yeah, this book is uh, refrain from releasing me. Is, <laughs> was the was one of the working titles because it's the same fucking thing. Often. There's a lot of stuff hinted at that's never explained, and you experience this world that they're in through characters who are barely a part of it. That's a thing of his. Yeah, that's, that's it's, his it's, thing. it's it's like tangential. To all the interesting stuff that's going on is like, let's write a very interesting dystopian future world and then talk about it from the perspective of a gas station attendant in Indianapolis, but not one who works during the week, just weekend nights. That's pretty pretty much it. Yeah, it's like let's let's see what it's like inside of a of a royal manor from the perspective of a teapot. That's <laughs> <laughs> what he does. Um, but also, it becomes queer. I mean, the, the clear uh, that the robot it becomes queer. I was comes. I didn't mean to say queer. That was the, the, the alcohol there. Uh, it was an incredible the Freudian, Freudian slip. <laughs> I don't want just the Freudian tip. Um, the robot at points it feels like the robot is kind of like childlike. You know, it is childlike. It, mm-hmm. But other points it feels like the robot is full blown autistic. And I thought that maybe one of the other titles of the book was. Uh, the curious incident of the droid in the sunshine, uh, because <laughs> it's just the robot. Just like I understand that this person is upset now, but I just don't think they should be upset. So I will make sure they are not upset by walking out of the room. <laughs> like it just doesn't. 
You know, it just felt like... Or by, like, standing by a couch facing the wall and not talking about anything to anyone. Like, oh, that's, that's less uncomfortable. Thanks, Clara. Very helpful. <laughs> that's why she looks French. It's <laughs> just they say a lot that she looks French. She does. She has French hair, which means it's full of cigarettes. Um, She's got a beret on. <laughs> it's, I, I'm also... I wasn't sure. At the beginning, I got the sense that she was the size of, like, a woman. But then later on, she gets a piggyback ride from a child... And I got the sense that maybe she wasn't. Maybe she was also. Maybe she, artificial friend is also a child size thing. But I don't know. He's just a small woman. Not all women are the same size. Yeah, I, I just. It was hard to judge because I assumed this it was book is on the rife size. with not describing anything. <laughs> it's bereft <laughs> yeah, of description. Yeah, which is on purpose, I guess. It is on purpose, and I mean, it's, it's very, this... very purposeful and on mess. I, on, I, I, I was going. Oh, I need. I need a beer. I need. Fuck it. Drink it. I, Ah, we'll do it live. Um, it's it's a futuristic book where you don't really know what's fucking happening. It's kind of like you're trapped on a sci-fi hamster wheel. <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly like that because nothing ever fucking it, goes anywhere. That's what it feels like. I mean, and I, the hamster dies, and the um, yeah, young. I mean, sci-fi hamster wheel is Richard Gere's dream <laughs> of the future. That was a gerbil. Uh, he's he's you have to have the tail so you can grab it out. He doesn't. He they they live in there. They stay there for generations, uh, just procreating, populating the new earth that they've inherited. This he hasn't is from ever. Well, he does, uh, but it's, it just never it's, leaves his body. It's like a biblical storm where, like, it rains toads, but it's <laughs> but it's with small vertebrates. <laughs> <laughs> So this is Sci-Fi Hamster Wheel from Thin Man Brewing, which is in Buffalo, New York. And who will never have us now. (laughs) (laughs) It is an India pale ale. That's 6.6% alcohol. The ABV of the beast, of course. It is fine. It is a lighter thing. I know if, Jimmy, on your quest for the flavorful light IPA, this would not be it for you. 6.6 is too high. True, oh, and this also is not quite as strong a flavor as some dank? other beers. It's not dank, but it is It is quite nice. It is, it is nice. Not as uh, redolent as some other IPAs are, which is like overpowering smells and flavors. So Clara goes, and Josie is the sickly little rich child. So she lives with the family, and of course Clara is so arch. Obviously, Clara's job is to be this child's friend, but there's some other, like, weird stuff that you, like, kind of only pick up on a little bit that's not really explained. So, clearly, this is far in the future, and that all... And, the, and there's this one scene near the near the beginning when Clara first goes to live with um, Josie where she invites her friends over, but it's like no kids have social skills. It's like, and that's that's They're one of the full time remote learning. That's what, yeah. Well, that's it. You know, it's like coronavirus never ended, like it hasn't. Uh, and they're just, they're just full of remote <laughs> school all the time. And so the kids don't have social skills, but it's also like they don't have brothers or sisters, or they've never been around kids their age, and so they don't know how to interact with each other. And Clara is just sort of like watching them being weird. And the, the one they have these play dates to like practice. Being it's around the, people. And it's called the interaction meeting, I think. And it's kind of like they are literally practicing 
being social because they don't because they they don't get that practice almost ever. And so Josie's very sick, goes in and out of being sick, but she also has this friend named Rick who is there's something not Okay, so he's a very nice guy, but everyone looks down on him, and it's not clear for a long time why that is. It's like, oh, does he even belong here? Some of one of the other mothers at the interaction meeting says. Well, first, the mother's like, she says something a little less direct than that, and all the parents they, they like, are uncomfortable. They, they go like, why didn't they do it for him? Or something like that, they say. You know, and everyone's like, shut, what are you doing, Peggy? But what they're also upset with her is because she's. They said, "Why wouldn't they do it for him?" Is because of you know all the. She kind of hints that like something's happened and everyone does this thing, but there are risks, and everyone's like, "Don't talk about that." And you're like, "What is that?" And it you know it becomes apparent later why, you know there are a risks. A parent will tell us. Later. A parent. Um, damn it! But Rick is Josie's only friend. He lives next door. And they're the uh, only two houses. two houses, like, in the middle of nowhere where they can, like, someone built them real close together because they're fucking weird. And so Rick comes over all the time, or Josie goes to look at him when he's, like, standing on a hill flying a bunch of drones that look like birds because there's nothing to fucking do where they are. And Rick's mom is a bit of a fucking weirdo. And so they have all these, you know, uh, non-adventure because nothing happens for most of the book. <laughs> And Josie's always sick and like, oh, she's got to sleep for like a few weeks and, you know, all that stuff. And then Josie's mom is like, hey, you know, when you get better, we'll go to Morgan's Falls. And Clara's like, I have never seen a waterfall. What is water falling? Is it fun? She's only seen a picture. It's fucking great. It's the best day ever. Because everything else is comparatively worse. Because it's a trip out of the house where she stays all the time. Like she, well, she, never leaves. she can do something. But then the day comes and Josie's too sick to go. But she's pretending that she's not. But mom's like, get back in the house. We're not going. And Josie's like, but Clara wants to see the waterfalls. Like, well, then I'll fucking take Clara. You get your ass back inside, you sick little bitch. No, she didn't use those exact words, but that's what she meant. I think she said, I think she said cunt more. Yeah, she did. I didn't want to use that word. Thank you, Michael. I mean, it's, um, it's, I'm just quoting. I'm not, it's not me saying yeah, it. Because uh, in this book, they're British, it. but they're not British. They're American, but he doesn't know how to write Americans. No one had a gun or a hamburger once. <laughs> um, so mom and Clara have the world's most awkward they trip didn't to drive a waterfall. pickup trucks. <laughs> no. Well, maybe they did. I guess they didn't say. But at the waterfall, Josie's mom is always talking about, like, you know, Josie's sick, and I just worry... And at this point, Josie has told Clara about her older sister, Sal, the Italian boy. She uh, <laughs> had died. Too, much, too much manicotti. And she had too not. spicy a meatball, and her, she died. Well, she's named after the disease that killed her. Dirty Sal? Sal Dirty Sal struck again. <laughs> he is the most prolific hitman <laughs> in the West. <laughs> In the lettuce business. <laughs> he and his cousin, in, in, Inigo, Inigo Fluenza. <laughs> God so, damn. <laughs> so, Josie's mom is always talking about, like, you know, Josie's pretty sick and Sal died and we just, you know, just worry about that kind of thing. Is this where she tells Josie about? It's not yet. 
No, she just tells her about the, that she so had a she sister. She tells Clara, like, you got to watch out for her and just do your best for her. And, like, this is where she really... starts. She's like, can you, like, pretend to be here for a minute? Just we'll yeah. see what that's about. Like, just yeah. try it on, see if it feels nice. Could you pretend to be Josie? Not in a creepy way. Just like, what, what if she was here? Can you just act like her and talk like her? It's like, that's pretty weird, Mom. And so she pretends to be Josie. And I was like, that's pretty good. I'm not going to worry about this for later. But then um, they get to a, uh, the mom's like, it's, it's fucking weird. Like, the mom's having the same conversation that she had with the kid, basically. He's like, but you're so sick. And then the robot's like, I will be better. I think they will have a new medicine for me in the future where I will not die of children's disease. <laughs> and then she's like, you shut the fuck up, robot. Like, <laughs> this is too real. This is, I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> and he's like, I'm so sorry. I overreacted. I know you're just a whole lot of fucking transistors. Uh, but Like a big ham radio. That was not... Why did you say that? Do you know? Do you know like some shit that's coming out later? Like she literally like maybe maybe you know maybe you know that there's going to be something some solution later. Mom's That's in nice. denial. The mom's fucking nuts. But then they have a whole bunch of adventures, or they don't because nothing happens. Josie gets sicker, and then she stays sick for a very long time, very long portion of the book where she, where Josie and Rick are basically fighting. But he comes by every day to see her for like thirty minutes because that's all she can handle because she's sick but they do this like weird called the bubble game where she draws something and he has to fill in the thought it's like comic book panels yeah but like that's what they're doing and this is like very this is the book isn't actually that long but it was felt like a long part of the book where they're doing this and basically they're discussing what are we going to do in the future because they have this plan to basically run away together or not run away together but when they're going to be together yeah doesn't that feel very British and old-timey? All of this she, felt very British. She's so sick, she can only interact it's for the 30 minutes garden. a day. Yeah, exactly. Like, only 30 minutes a day she can talk to people. Except the garden is a robot. Yeah, all right, I'll take that. Uh, <laughs> sure. Uh, and it's then there's this, all those, this other thing where you're getting these little hints like, well, every once in a while, Josie goes into the city to get her portrait done, to see the portrait artist named Mr. Capaldi. Capaldi, there you go. So oh, see the, Mr. The, Capaldi. The, like the 12th doctor? <laughs> or the yeah, 11th doctor? He's the 12th doctor. That's why he can do this thing. So you get these little hints. Like, first <laughs> it's, it's bigger first, on the inside. <laughs> first you're getting these hints. You almost think that like Mr. Capaldi is a child molester in that... Everyone's like kind of worried about it, but it doesn't they say hint pretty that. heavily that he's a child it, molester. It doesn't say that specifically, but that's like what you hint. He's like, oh, and so he's such a creep. You just get people saying about him, except the mom doesn't think that at all, or at least she doesn't say it. But also, the girl denies it. She's like, my mom's there. It's cool. Relax. He just wants to like take a lot of detailed pictures of my ankles and shit. <laughs> like, because foot guy, because he knows I can't sit for a long time for the portrait. Because it's the future, and they have robots with AI that's like really convincing, but they don't. But they still do like oil paint portraits, or at least that's what she thinks. Yeah, 
but also Rick hasn't been lifted, which you don't know what that means yet. Uh, but he, but Rick's mom has some plan to catch a ride into the city on a day that Josie is getting her portrait done, sort of. With and then Rick will go, and then Rick and Rick's mom can talk to some dude that Rick's mom, you know, used to be involved with, but is not Rick's father. Uh, to get him help to get into a good college, even though he's not lifted. He's a normie. Exactly. And they go into the city, this whole thing with the whole group of people. So they, uh, Josie and Josie and her mom and Clara, first they meet Clara's father. Apparently they're divorced and the father's living in, in that town. That gets mentioned in passing. Yeah, it's mentioned a little he's bit. He's living on a, some sort of like weird militia compound in the Midwest, away from all the places, because he got substituted at work along with everybody else on the compound. Which means robots took their jobs. <laughs> or lifted people. Or lifted, yeah. Uh, and then, so they, like, in the father, his death doesn't like the portrait artist guy either, and it's not clear why. And then they get there, and then they're like, oh, and the portrait artist guy, he's very interested in AFs. And he's like, and then when they get there, Clara, he, the guy is like, Clara, I need you to take this test. I need you to go sit and take this test. So she does the test, but she does the test really fast. And then she like is able to sort of eavesdrop on what's going on. Or she like kind of sneaks into another little side room. And then she sees that there's a, a Josie robot, essentially. There's a Josie like mannequin thing suspended from the ceiling, but it's not Josie. It's a fake Josie. And so you start, and so, Clara puts it together that the portrait isn't just like a painting, like what you were kind of led to believe. It is actually creating a three-dimensional like doll-like thing. And then Clara also realizes that, oh, she, that, that they're, for, okay, first I was like, they're, if the daughter dies, the parents are going to try and replace her with a robot. And then it's revealed that the reason why they picked Clara as the artificial friend who's more observant than other artificial friends is so that she could essentially be Josie, that she could pretend to be Josie for the parents and that they would somehow transplant the memories in the brain or whatever of the one robot into the other Josie robot if Josie dies and then that was the whole reason you get this conversation with the mom and then the father is still like, oh, I don't know. And so this is where the book is kind of a lot like Never Let Me Go, whereas there's, there's like a really fucked up like moral thing that happens because of the science fiction, but you don't even find out about it until halfway through the book. And at first, the, but the first part is just kind of boring. Like, what is this really about? But then you find out about the weird thing and it's very subtle and not really explained really strongly. There's another thing too about the lift, what the lifted kids are, but that's very, very subtle. Anyway, just you don't even really find out about it until halfway through the book. Just like Never Let Me Go. Yeah, yeah. I'm not it sure was, that's a great way to write. A it's book. not a great way. You don't find out what the point of the book is until it's you're at like two thirds of the way through. Yeah, yeah, it's like oh, that's what the book is about. It felt. Uh, let's just finish it. And then we'll talk about why it's bad yeah. because you can't, then, figure, can't do it without doing it. But that. at the same time, Clara has this like secret plan to use the sun to heal Josie. 
She's gonna she's pray to the sun. First in the dumb. beginning, she th- so first of all, she's solar powered. So she so the sun brings her brings her life, brings her energy. But then she when she was in the shop window, she saw the sun what she thought bring the dead bum back to life. And so she has so, this plan to like <laughs> literally ask the sun. The only person she calls him, actually. She calls everyone else by their name, even in third person, even when she's speaking to them. She like has this plan to like speak to the sun and like goes across the field to the barn with the other guy, the neighbor's barn, because that's where the sun sets. So she thinks the sun lives there. She's going to ask the sun to help Josie. And there's this thing with the cootings machine. There's a machine outside the store that pollutes, and she thinks that the pollution is going to block block out the sun. What did it do? Was I supposed to figure it out? Was a constru- it was just a construction thing. It was. I, I thought it was like resurfacing the road or something. Yeah, it was, it was something just... like that or like, you know, doing cement or some shit, but for like a building construction. It was probably nothing at all of like dramatic consequence. It was just a thing that pumped out smog. smog. Okay. So she's like, that thing is blocking out the sun because when she was in the shop, that thing did block out the sun. And to her, that was essentially like blocking out God. But throughout the book, Clara is like, I have, I have this secret plan to help Josie, but I can't tell you about it. And, but I have to go over to that barn over there. And all the people are like, okay. How would sure. they not be like, what the fuck are you doing? Why I think they were just citizen? humoring her. I mean, I guess, but they kind of go out of their way. Like, like Rick helping well, Rick has nothing Clara. else to do. It, that is also true. But Rick helping Clara get over to the barn. Why? Well, the Clara ride, can't explain. How, I how big she was. And then the father helping to like sabotage the cooting machines. And she's like, I have this plan to help your, to help Josie, but we have to destroy that machine over there. Like, He's not an idiot. I got the sense that he was trying to keep her happy so that she'd do it, so that she would become Claire, so Mm. she'd become Josie if the time came down to that. Mm. But she destroys the machine by pouring her own brain fluid into it. So for a while, the rest of the book, she's a little bit slower and she doesn't, she lost a lot of her RAM or something. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. And then you're the nerd guy. Tell us, tell us the right computer word. So the (laughs) other. Uh, the other it would be uh, would be transistors from the from the CPU is what would do it. Um, get it right, guys. She has liquid transistors. It's more like Pentium it's, outside. It's the future, yeah. <laughs> so you also find out, and this is only slightly hinted at, that the reason why Josie is the reason why Josie is sick is because she's lifted, which actually means that parents can give their kids this sort of genetic therapy, but this is after they're born, that can make them smarter, faster. It might, not be, it might be when they're still more intelligent. Feet high. Fitter, happier, more productive. Fetuses, I think is the plural. <laughs> but but it, it comes with a risk, which means the risk is you could you could become smarter and you could become fitter, happier, more productive, but then you can't, fitter, but happier. then you could get... Also, really sick, and Josie is like the I don't know ten percent. You, you, can, you can get gets. Algernon disease, <laughs> where you get really smart, but then like you fucking die. You turn it. You fuck with your genes so much they become khakis. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas, <laughs> I heard the disgust in your voice. Anyway, so that's that's the reason why Josie's sick. 
I'm ignoring everything Nate says and trying to think of a Dockers joke. <laughs> <laughs> or as Rick didn't get lifted, he didn't get this. Didn't get this. Like I'm going to be super smart therapy because his mom didn't want to take the risk. But yet everyone looks down on him. Like he can't possibly make it in the world, even though he's actually, I mean, you don't only meet like three other people, but he's a very smart kid. But all the other kids were fucking dicks. Yeah. They sucked. But also partly because they, they don't talk to anyone. Because the author is very British. It's very much about class. Yeah, but like it's, they weren't just like, they weren't just like antisocial. They were, yeah, it's very much class. I mean, that's clearly that the one of the of all of his fucking books is class? I think it's also about like loneliness and about. I mean, we, we, he does it a lot, but the kids were mean, and they were all like, they were mean to the fucking robot, and they were mean to him because he wasn't. They weren't like smart, or they just didn't even think they were smart, and they were just being fucking little cunts about it. So everyone decides that they're gonna. Clara is gonna replace Josie if she dies, and then she gets sick for a real long time. And then she gets better and goes to college, and everything works out. Well, she gets better because of this one scene after she's sick for a really well, long time. Well, she gets better coincidentally. And it's really dark. Well, obviously, yes. But <laughs> yeah. It's like really dark. And, but, and then Clara sees that, sees that the clouds are parting, and then there's going to be all this. And Clara's like... And the mom is very worried, and everyone is very, very, you know, upset. And just like, and Clara's like, everyone come needs to come see Jody right now. When everyone's worried, but actually, and she's like, no. Tells the housekeeper, open the blinds, open the blinds, and then the sun is shining on 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 Josie. And then she's like, what what is happening? But then after that point, Josie is better, and she gets better after that. So Clara thinks that her weird deal she made with the sun actually helped. Josie, it came true. It did come true. Uh, during the other parts, earlier parts, when Claire is like, I'm, "I'm, I need to go speak to the sun, and will you please help Josie?" I was like, and she keeps promising, like, "I have this plan to help." It's like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, I thought, I thought it was like, oh no, the kid's gonna die, and everyone's gonna be like, "What the fuck, Clara?" I thought you had this <laughs> under control. I thought that's where the book was going. We're relying a lot on this robot, Nanny. <laughs> you told us you had this. You know, you had it in the bag, but you know, she didn't. Anyway, I, I thought that's where the book was going, but that's not where it goes. That would have been really better. Did, it really did work out, and that the sun healed her. Except, did it? No. Maybe in a very literary sense, maybe it was the book, maybe it was the sun that healed her because it happened at the sense, same time. But no. in any real scientific sense, like, no, absolutely not. So Josie gets better, goes off to college, and then things just, you know, years pass by because the story's done. And the creepy <laughs> portrait guy wants to, he comes by and he wants to dissect Clara to show people how AFs work so they won't be afraid of them. And Josie's mom is like, nah, leave her alone, man. She deserves her slow fade, which is a haircut that people get in the future. It's a much more gradual fade than we have today. We don't have the technology for it in razors. Um, I hate you so much. <laughs> I really, really don't like you. <laughs> <laughs> and then Rick also goes to college, but like a different college, and he tells Clara, like, you know, we were supposed to run away together, but that's what kids do. They make up shit. And Clara's like, 
That is fun. They make promises they don't keep. And then Clara ends up in a fucking junkyard. Junk, yeah. Rotting in a storage unit. And then the manager shows up. It's like, hey, Clara, I just want to see how you're doing besides rotting in this storage yard. And Clara's like, I'm going to look at the sun. It's like, do you want to come and hang out with the other robots? It's like, no, I'm good here. As she slowly breaks down because they have planned obsolescence like an iPhone. Uh, it lasts more than 18 months, so it's better than an iPhone. <laughs> one of these, one of the things in the book is it's sort of like, ask, you know, the, the premise is what if, what if your, your electronics had personalities or what if they, you know, what if they could think? What if they were sentient? Like, what Based would on you, the autocorrects that them? it learns, they can, they're a little sentient because mine is foul. <laughs> Mine's just like, why do you text so much when you poop? <laughs> why are Stop all the text fingers on in me, this one room? <laughs> I'm so jammed up. <laughs> Get it out of me. I'm so jammed up. <laughs> So then she just is like, I'm just going to hang out here until I, you know, run out of juice and limbs and stuff. And that's the end of the book. And if you're thinking, what the fuck was that? You're you're not far off from where I was. You know, I never thought, what the fuck was that? That was not my problem with it. But, Nate, you seem to you like love it. it, but like it more than we did. Like, <laughs> Defend it. more than you guys. Okay. <laughs> I thought it was fine. I I didn't uh, like I was mentioned. I, there's this, there's a really fucked up thing in it that you don't know is there until you're more than halfway through, and then the first half, the first more than half, is a little bit boring. But then I was like, oh wait, what? The yeah. parents are gonna replace the kid if she dies with the robot? And I was like, and I was like, that is so fucking sad. Yeah, uh, and I was like, "Oh God, that is." Anyway, at that point, I was like, "Okay, I'm kind of interested to know what happens after this. Is that what's gonna? Is that what the book is gonna be about?" But it did take quite a while to get there, even though it's not a, it's not actually a long book. It felt long, and also sort of because it aggressively doesn't explain anything, but you still want to know why stuff happens. And it's like, what, what are this thing about the lifted kids? Like, why does everyone hate Rick? Or why does everyone look down on Rick? And why? So, you know, we have this, this thing, like I want to discover what happens and I'm curious about it. And so I was like interested enough. It was the thing I've read. We've done way worse books on we the have. podcast. So we've done uh, may, way maybe. worse books. Maybe I'm just being unfairly critical. It was it was fine. Maybe I'm being unfairly critical because this was a short list for the uh, long list for the Booker, and the man won a Nobel Prize. So maybe I have just high expectations. But I'd say my I had uh, I didn't I, love Never Let Me Go. No, I thought it I. was I like thought it was boring. Also, yeah. So I kind of wasn't surprised. I did like Never Let Me Go a lot. I'm not sure why. Maybe because I thought in that book, the twist was like so jarring, and I didn't fucking see it coming. Because it came out of fucking nowhere. Yeah, but then like, you were like... There was absolutely oh. nothing that could but have predicted it. But it was like the fucking Sixth Sense, and you were like, oh, fuck. The Sixth Sense was not out of nowhere. It's out of the beyond. It was out of the exact 
central out of the thing. afterlife. <laughs> yeah, like never let me go. Like that came out. I was like, oh shit, okay. But the thing about the thing about never let me go is that it, once you got there, it like unlocked the whole book, and you're like, oh fuck, that's what this is about. Yeah. And they were beating around the bush because they're fucking British assholes, and no one could be direct, and it's all about fucking class, really, and. Okay, cool. But then this book, it's like, it's the same fucking thing, sort of. But then, like, the big reveal isn't as, didn't, it was, like, fucked up, as Nate said, but, like, it wasn't the same. Because, yeah. like, the main character is a robot. Like, I don't give a shit about the robot. Like, I don't empathize with the same way that I do with, a, like, a human being, like, naturally, I would hope. And so I thought that that was, I mean, again, I think this was, like, never... Please continue to not let me go was like that which what you could have called this book because it was very much the same thing it felt like the same tone it, it just it just felt like a shittier version of that book that's that's what i really got out of this i had two main problems with this this takes place you know in this world where all this shit happens and they mentioned a bunch of other side stuff like lifted kids and they kind of hinted the fact that there's some sort of like weird Pseudo fascist, or you know, they talk about like class, right? Like, he's he's a high ranking person. I could tell from his shirt. The dad lives on this compound where they like they're ready to defend themselves if need be. And they kind of like they keep hitting, I was like, You're about that big thing that happened to the city the other day. Like, oh, yes, we should stay out of cities for now. And they keep like hinting at that shit. And when it comes down to it, this story, as it as you know, the main story could have happened. And if you took away all of the other stuff, it would not be affected whatsoever. It didn't need lifted kids. It didn't need any kind of like eco thing or any kind of fascist stuff or any kind of class stuff. It could have just been the same exact story and all the other stuff would have been gone and nothing would have changed. So it was a bunch it could have been a short story about Josie going to a portrait artist, but then you find yeah. but then from the perspective of the robot, and then you know on page seven, you find out that it's because Josie is sick, and the robot is going to replace the kid yes that's that's the other thing that's wrong with it is this story is about the wrong thing. This story should have been about, or it would have been more interesting if it was that you find that out way towards the beginning and it's everyone dealing with the fact that this kid is going to die and she has to be replaced. And then she gets better at the end and it robs you of everything that it led it up to it. I mean, it's, oh, good. It's good the kid didn't die, sure. But it's fiction, so who cares? It's not a good story if you, there's no payoff at the end. It would have been more sci-fi, but it, it would have been also way more might have sci-fi. been a better... Fi- it would have been more sci-fi and maybe a better story if... Josie dies halfway through, and then it's about Clara trying to figure out, trying to, like, I'm doing my best to pretend to be Josie, even though I refer to everyone in third person. Well, by then she would have learned. Yes, exactly. But it wouldn't that or, like, Josie... And how how people accept that. Do they accept it? Is is the, you know, that could have been an interesting story. Or maybe something really creepy, like Josie is teaching her how to be Josie, for when she knows she's going to be gone. Could it also... I mean, you guys are going down the, that rep, that angle. Could it also have been better if it was more direct about the whole sort of class thing that they're creating in this world of creating the educational haves and have-nots? 
It almost felt tangential, though. Like, it was not really an important part of this. Josie did not need to be lifted. She could have just been a sick kid. She could have been, and she could have had anything. That had nothing right, like, to do with I'm saying, identity. it's like if, if if he had leaned more into this whole lifting story, yeah. and made all that a bigger thing, all the other side like, shit didn't matter. That's what I didn't like. So what the fuck is this point? I don't fucking know. When you told me uh, "Never Let Me Go" was about class, I never would have guessed that. But like, oh, okay, sure. It's basically just a highbrow version of fucking Michael Bay's "The Island," but whatever. Is that what DiCaprio? No, it's um. Scarlett Johansson and oh Ewan god, McGregor? and oh god, no. Where they have like the island of clones for organ harvesting, but it's like an action movie. It's the same fucking plot, but like action movie instead of like British teen angst drama. Well, what the book is about, I guess it's about you know how parents might deal with a a child who's sick and who might die. That's like one thing it's about. It's also about how how Isn't we that treat. AI? The how Steven Spielberg we, movie? How we treat our devices. You know, I never saw that movie. Oh, of course. <laughs> Which movie? AI. Oh, God. I the Haley Joel Osment one? I never saw that either. It's the like a robot pa- kid? It's Pinocchio. It's Pinocchio with Haley Joel Osment as a robot. But, I mean, like, they get a kid robot. I, I can't remember if he replaces their dead kid or not. I don't remember. I don't. I'm not going to ever see it. I heard it was bad. It was, it was not. No, it was good. It, was, it had too many endings. Like, it kept going. But it, it was a good movie. Spielberg? It was. It, yeah, it's the book is also about yeah, it was Spielberg, I think. It was also about like how we treat our okay, is a little bit is artificial intelligence is it actual intelligence? Like should we treat these should we treat it a little bit more like humans? Even though cuz when the kids are like, "Oh, just like pick it up and throw it across the room." And other kids are like, "No, no, yeah. no, don't do that. That's that's mean." It's like, well, if it's just a robot that doesn't, that doesn't have feelings, then doesn't matter. But obviously, because you're seeing the book from Clara's perspective, like you identify with with her slash it, you know, because it's a robot. Does it have a pronoun? I don't know. She's a she. She, yeah. So you you identify with her, and so like obviously, don't pick up the robot and throw it across the room. Duh, also, that's if mean. you can, is she small? I still don't know her size. Maybe they're very lightweight. <laughs> like nanotubes or something. Maybe like nanotubes. The, B- <laughs> the B3s. <laughs> the B3s can, you know, do anything. Which well, you get the a B52s. B2s. The B52s must have been the best robots. <laughs> they, came from, they came from Planet Claire. <laughs> it's one of their songs. Nate doesn't uh, know that song. I don't know that song either. It's just mostly a bunch of love shacks. Uh, yeah. You have to roam uh, but to get also, from one to the other. Like, what if we, what if our devices, which, you know, are everything to us in these days, what if they actually were sentient and had some personality? And then we just, because obviously when your fucking iPhone breaks, you what do you do? You throw it away. And But what if it had to live in a in a junkyard, conscious for years on end, and just sitting there like that. Okay, so that you was outgrow it. That was already made. That's the brave little toaster. That's already <laughs> been a movie. Do you think this was? Uh, Did you see that movie? You've seen that. You've seen yeah, the brave yeah, little yeah. toaster, Nate. I'm talking to Nate. I know you've seen it, Jimmy. <laughs> no, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh my it's, fucking! It's, that is shit. It's, it's a startlingly frightening children's movie it's like, dark it's for kids but it's not for kids i watched it a <laughs> lot it and I, out? in like oh, 1989 late 80s, 90s? yeah okay 
It's old as fuck, and it's like it's like old one of the old Disney. Is it a Disney movie? No, it's not Disney. It's some like I just assumed every cartoon was a Disney movie, but it's, it's like an it's, independently it's, cartoon. It's like some random. It's like Pennzoil, like some random Pennzoil. I don't think it was Pennzoil. <laughs> <laughs> they did oil refinery. And like, the we're going to be a movie studio <laughs> now. I don't think it's... Di- I mean, I don't think it was a Disney movie. Um, let me look it up. If it's Disney, I'll be disappointed that I got that wrong. They did every other movie back then. I don't see any Disney shit here on the Wikipedia intro. No, I mean, it's, I mean, it's might not C- Disney. I Kushner just Lock Company, which sounds like a fucking law firm. It does. And Hyperion Animation. Oh, and maybe Disney like bought they probably the got prop- bought by Disney, and then Disney made the like nineteen sequels, where they just raped that little toaster's gray corpse <laughs> for a bunch of them. Well, the brave little toaster is about a toaster gets thrown away and has to like find its way back home or something. It's a whole bunch of um, disused appliances at like their at their like vacation house. You know, it's like the heated blanket and the toaster, a vacuum cleaner, yeah. So this is Hybra Brave Little Toaster. A lamp. <laughs> or like <laughs> someone that? who was very... Kazuo Ishiguro remembers with such horror the time that he forgot to feed his Tamagotchi and it died. And he threw it away. <sighs> and he knows that out there, in a junkyard, it's beeping, waiting for you to push towards the five and not the three. <sighs> Nate, did you ever have a Tamagotchi? I did not. God no. damn it, Nate. Nate was already retired. I remember that being out. a thing, but I was like, I do not want one of those. <laughs> I guess it came out when I was in elementary school, so you were probably in middle school then. I was like, too cool for Tamagotchis. Nate was like, also, they sh- don't allow ethnic toys in New Hampshire. <laughs> <laughs> Tamagotchi, didn't they attack us at Pearl Harbor? <laughs> Nate still remembered Pearl Harbor, so it was very, the wounds were raw. Just yeah, his kids were there. Scabbed over. <laughs> <laughs> so what are these young whippersnappers playing with here? Back in my day, we were happy with just a ball and a cup. That's all you needed. That and the Oregon Trail kept me busy all day. That's like every priest's favorite part of Little League is testing for the balls in the cup. Anyway, <laughs> so this book didn't make the short list. Um, he's one not. of those. He's one of those authors that every single thing he puts he out just is gets, gonna get. Like they see he's writing a book and says, "Put it on the long list." Well, because so I think it's kind of uh, like whenever a previous Booker winner writes another book, they put yeah. it on the long list. Okay, I mean it makes sense. You assume if they got it in them, they'll go for it, and I, I understand that. I just, I mean, I've only read two of his books. This is the second one, and I didn't. I like do either. have to say, it's not okay. It is kind of unique as a book, but not that much. No, it's it's not this the the aspect of like I mean the the point of I I swear to God that like replacing your dead kid with a robot has been done before a bunch of times and robot stuff in general there wasn't anything new in it and all the interesting parts of it were tangential or too late from the perspective of the robot it's a little bit new even that was not that interesting though. It, it, it just, I just had like it, it just it just seemed like an easy way to like make it so you didn't have the robot didn't have to, the narrator could be written as blandly as possible. I'm sure there's a bunch of like symbolism in and like praying to the sun or some shit, but it just the rest of it was I, I don't know. It was a cool premise 
that I felt focused on the wrong parts. That's also what I thought was Never Let Me Go, was like, you don't learn what makes it good until the very end, or like way too far in. This was the same way. And then, at least Never Let Me Go, they all do die at the end because they get harvested. Spoilers. This one, she doesn't. The entire plot is rendered meaningless. Maybe there's some sort of stuff about, you know, she fulfilled her purpose, which was like, keeping Josie okay or like healing the family and she was expendable herself and she did that. Sure, okay, I could see that. But is that the most interesting story this could have been in this universe? I don't think it was. And I just I felt like it was lacking. I thought it was a cool thing that like the the window of where the story was was shifted in the wrong way. I I I read reviews of this to try to understand why this was great and everyone just kept talking about it's a story about loneliness. It's a story about loneliness. And I guess I, I don't, I feel like I, I, maybe I'm just too stupid to understand it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. Like maybe, maybe I'm just not a good enough reader to get what he's doing. That everything is very, I'm sure, extremely purposeful. There's nothing, yeah. there's no careless, you know, comma in this book. I don't think he just dropped the ball. I think he meant to do something that I don't get. Well, when a dude in f- who wins the Nobel Prize in literature in 40 years has written eight books, he's a pretty fucking fastidious, you know, writer and editor. So there's nothing there uh, carelessly, but maybe I, I'm just, I don't have the patience or the, the skill to to really figure out everything that he's talking about here. I think he's probably talking about on some level class, and I, you know what, I think, let me rewind. I think this is the kind of book, you know how English teachers are like, this is really a commentary on this. And you're like, is it? This probably is, you know? He probably, it definitely is. But I don't want to work that hard. I don't want to do that. Yeah, I mean, you could make a commentary on something and still have an interesting plot. If yeah. it's just commentary and Just write a commentary, reading, just like write then, a nonfiction okay, book, yeah. Yeah, write a fucking write essay. A, yeah. Put it in the New Yorker like everyone else. I don't know. <laughs> but I don't need to read a fucking... Several hundred page book. We all know how to find the Atlantic. (laughs) Read your essay there. It's yeah. I don't know. It just felt. But I don't know why critics love it so much because it's got pretty good reviews. I mean, it was long listed for the Booker. Virtually so, everything he's written since 1989, which is only like six books or seven books, has been long has been made the Booker list except for one book. So he's. He's a perennial, you know, not Maybe that one's bad. Maybe that one's the good one. I read that one. It was fucking terrible. Oh. I've read... Then never mind. <laughs> so I've, we read this one. We read Never Let Me Go. I read Rema- The Remains of the Day, which won the Booker, which was the same That's kind the of... That's the one about the, the butler in yeah, World War the II? Yeah, bu- the butler who's like, my father's dying, but I have to go polish those spoons. Fuck him. <laughs> That's really what it's about. <laughs> and then... I read The Buried Giant, which I bought at like an airport. I was like, oh, this guy. I had just read like Never Let Me Go. And so I, oh, I'll read his book. And it was fucking the most, it was like 280 pages. That's boring shit. It took the whole vacation. I thought I'd read it on the flight. It took the whole trip. It was terrible. I don't know. I, I, just, I just don't want to work that hard to get the message. And I'm okay to ignore the message in a book if I could still enjoy the story. This, this didn't... This didn't really quite do it for me. I still thought it was okay. I did. I'm not saying it was yeah. the worst thing I've I, ever read. I gave it three stars, which was 
it, it you know it was it was fine. Okay. All right. I just I I the, my I guess my main problem was that I saw that to me and maybe I'm maybe I'm fucking wrong. I probably am fucking wrong because this guy won a Nobel Prize and who the fuck am I? But I thought that this the, the points of his story could have been more interesting. The skeleton was there, and then it, like he didn't use those the the parts I thought would have been cool or at least more interesting to even read, he didn't do. And instead it was all the boring parts. It felt like, I, just, I guess I just don't get it. Maybe it's that. Maybe I just didn't get it. In the future, genetically, or parents will have the choice as to whether they want to give their children a genetic manipulation kind of thing, whether it's like through IVF, like before yeah. conception, or whether it's like after they're born. But like that, that is a, that is a choice that parents in the future, like many years in the future, will have to face. And what if there's a downside or what if there's at least a chance that it could, instead of helping your child, it could instead make them sick and they could die? Like, is that a, that, that would be a terrible, terrible decision that parents yeah. will have to make. And that would but be But parents an will book. make that choice and some will decide, like, I'm going to take the risk. Plenty will say, I'm going to take the risk, but then have to deal with the consequences. Isn't this the plot of Gattaca? <laughs> Isn't that, that... No one saw that movie? Ye- I think so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. With Uma Thurman and Ethan Hawke? Yeah, it was, yes. But what I'm saying... Uh, it was good. But that right there would have been an interesting book. But even that is only tangential to this plot. And only barely mentioned. Yeah. I mean, if it had been about that and, like, all the stuff they went through and, like, oh, now she's at this point, sure. But it was only, like, passingly mentioned. And the point is that just she is sick and then she isn't. It, they don't really go into any of the pros and cons ever. Or like, it's only, like... You know what it felt like? It felt like, you know, in every, like, shitty sitcom or TV show where two characters are discussing something, but neither one is saying what it's about... So they're thinking about their, they're thinking about they're talking about other stuff or like a third character thinks they're talking about something else because they overhear it because they no one mentions like any direct nouns. It felt kind of like that where everybody's like hinting at stuff, but they're doing their best for plot reasons never to say anything of substance so that other stuff could be like, I wonder what they mean. And it was that for four hundred pages or however many long. I get the, that. That's that strikes me as like very British stereotype of like we don't need to discuss it's it too. It's very directly. common. Here too, though, or at least, in, at least in like shitty shows. No, I know what you're talking about for for yeah. sitcoms, but but I feel like that that, that just strikes me as posh British douchebaggery where they won't, they never say like, oh, Missus is very displeased with the situation, and it's like, yes, the situation, and like they don't know what they're talking about because they don't ever want to say anything that's too. I mean, it sounds like very Victorian, like. But that's probably yeah, not how people I, talk I in England, that. but that's how we like get the sense well, in a lot of pop culture stuff. This was apparently not England, but it absolutely was England. I read this very slowly, and I was glad I had an extra bit of time to finish it, because it took me a long time, because I just I wasn't interested. I tried to read hard. it very quickly, and uh, it was hard. It was like trying to read quicksand, just treading. Which is hard to do, because the letters keep moving. I, I, I was I was reading this in another book that we recorded that I was like, this is great. This is a really exciting and interesting book. 
And I was like, I better get, I better make a dent in that one too, in case I like, I don't finish and I could just fake my way through both of them. <laughs> and then I'd start this and I'd read like six pages. Like, wh- why am I still on this one thought? Like, why has nothing happened? And it was just really just, it dragged. Uh, it just, it felt like the exact same tone as Never Let Me Go and The Buried Giant and The Remains of the Day, and I'm sure the other ones too, of just, you know, it's, it's I'm sure, masterfully written. Uh, there, there are some beautiful passages and stuff, but it's, this is just fucking uninteresting and impenetrable. <laughs> like, I don't care. I don't, I don't want to, sp- I don't want to do any of the work. This is, this is one of the longest 300 pages I've ever slogged through. Tell us what you thought. Send us an email to junkguysbookclub at gmail.com. Or follow us on Twitter at junkguys. I'm, so, I'm stupefied. It's been 250 episodes, Michael. Stupefied with boredom from this book. Uh, or follow us on Twitter at junkguysbc. Or go to Facebook and Instagram at junkguysbookclub. And if you've listened this long, why not support the podcast by leaving us a review, telling your friends, or just heading over to patreon.com slash drunkguysbookclub and supporting us there. And also, you can check us out on Goodreads, where we hang out with our friends who are not artificial. They are real, as far as we know. They're real as fuck. And check out the Hopped Up Network, a network of independent beer podcasters. And thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.